Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 93, John and Wendy Talk to Jason Troy. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you doing tonight, John? I'm well, Wendy. I'm really excited. This is the start of December, and we are incredibly fortunate to have Bonusly on board as a sponsor this month. Yay! So excited to welcome Bonusly to round out the year. I think it's going to be a great way to end the year here. I absolutely agree. We started talking to Bonusly, wow, hard to believe, back at Sherm 19. Yes, it uh, was. We started having some conversations. We took a picture with their gratitude shrub, which is still my favorite. <laughs> the Sherm my fern. Favorite thing. The Sherm fern was my favorite thing at the conference. <laughs> it was fun. So we're really excited to be working with Bonusly. Mm-hmm. They had actually sponsored the the chat for those of you who took part of that at the end yep. of, the, of November, rather. Yep. And uh, yeah, so they'll be with us for the month. Listen for the ad and, and you'll see that there's a, a little uh, discount or opportunity for you, those that want to yeah. check out the platform and, and work with them. And we certainly hope you will. You've worked with some of our other sponsors. Again, excited and want to welcome Bonusly to the yeah. HR Social Hour, I guess our po- sponsor family, our, as our we spon- call it. Yeah, our sponsor family. And they, you know, they're, they're right in line with what we do. Um, everybody likes recognition, especially at the end of the year, I think. So I think the timing of having them be a part of the chat Thanksgiving week talking about recognition. Uh, I think our timing here is perfect. I'm excited about tonight's guest. We had a chance to connect a, a while back, but I, I actually got to spend some time with him at HR Florida outside the outside the conference and talk a bit and, and really appreciate what he's doing in, in the community and excited to have him here. So I will let you make the introduction, Wendy, and we will get started. Uh, yeah, super excited to welcome Jason Troy to the show tonight. He is a chief people officer and leadership and teamwork expert. He helps executives, managers, and HR departments develop unstoppable leaders, talent, and workplaces. He provides coaching, trainings, keynote speaking, conflict resolution, and many other services. He spent 15 plus years in leadership positions working with industry changers such as Steve Jobs, Reed Hastings, and Mark Cuban. He is the best selling author of Social Wealth. And he has also been named one of the top 10 executive coaches in 2019, named to the top HR influencer list in 2019. And he is the top leadership and coaching provider by Texas Lawyer Mag- Magazine for both na- 2018 and 2019. Jason, welcome to the show tonight. Our first question is what's in your glass? It is a glass of Frank Family Cab from Napa. Great cab. And it's from sort of a private wine place. So I'm a huge fan. I used to live in San Francisco for eight years. So Napa and Sonoma was like a second home. So I appreciate wine and I wanted to have a good bottle for having on the show. So I figured we'll start there. Nice. Nice. I do like Napa cabs. Um, They're some of my favorites. So I have to have to look for that one. Yes. And if you go to Last Bottles, here's another thing. If you go to, there's an app um, that you can get called Last Bottles. If you look on there every day and you do a little bit of research, you can find some great deals, usually maybe once or twice a month, some pretty exceptional wine deals. And I mean, by that, you can get a bottle of wine that retails for 60 some dollars for maybe 30 or even the other way, right? $40 bottle of wine for 10 or 12. So... It's nice. A, it's a great, nice. uh, great app to get. And there's another one called WTSO as well. And I forgot what it stands for, but I check those daily to look at stuff. So <laughs> I will well, we're getting, be we're getting recommendations this early in. I don't know what to do. I love it. Yes. 
Jason, you know, again, we we know what you're up to now, and and I know you and I had talked a little bit prior to the show about uh, about how you got there, but talk a little bit about you know really that path, you know, and and where you started and how you got on this path to speaking and working on workplace culture. Well, you know, I've had a windy road uh, after going to law school and get my master's in communications. You know, I didn't really want to go the legal route. So I went out to Silicon Valley during the gold rush. And that was a really amazing opportunity back in the late you know, 90s, early 2000s to work with some pretty fantastic individuals and companies. And, you know, I got to work with Steve Jobs the CEO of Netflix, right? The current one for six months weekly. I got to work with just a lot of Mark Cuban when he got acquired his company by Yahoo. I mean, there's a lot more people, venture capitalists, all these like amazing individuals came together in a melting pot. And, and, you know, I saw a lot of great things happen and then a lot of flame outs, right? And a lot of people underachieving or having flash in the pan successes and unable to continue it forward. And I found myself the same way. And, and I started to look back and I found that it was the people that I surrounded myself with in my ability to get the best out of them and them to get the best out of me was really the differentiating piece because there were a lot of smart people there. So intelligence and drive and working hard, obviously all those things are pretty critical, but that is not the only factors that matter, right? The other ones actually came to being in the higher level one, actually. And so then I started to think about that in terms of my clients, because they're having the same challenges. How do I scale my teams? How do I get more out of people? How do I have them engaged? How do I get my talent developed? How do I hire people? How do I get them appreciated and recognized, right? Like your sponsor bonusly, which is, you know, I think definitely if I were looking at some application, I would definitely put them on the short list of people to look at. And I think all those issues just started to bubble up for me. And I felt like we needed to have a conversation about it and really do it in a data-driven way instead of an emotional way of how this actually was going to move organizations forward. So knowing all of that, you've had like really good back history there. What do you see as the single largest issue employers struggle with when it comes to developing a high-performing culture and engaged teams? Well, I think the challenge right now is really no one knows where to start. I think what you're seeing is there was a major CRHO summit um, back like a month ago in San Francisco Bay Area. And I think they're looking at the terms of humanizing, right? And being human is the key. And that really is where I think the future HR is leading because the problem is, is that you have to build a foundation. And the foundation is built of things that are of soft skills and human elements into it, right? And trust is at the forefront, right? Great Workplaces has done tons of studies and trust comes up as the number one element. And if you're looking at any top driver, right? Uh, Watson, Wyatt, I think it was, just came out with this huge study um, and they looked at it and that's one of the biggest ones as well. So I think that you really have to understand how to build trust because that's where the challenge comes and everyone talks about the concept, right? I've spoken to hundreds of people to try to research this for my next book and presentations. And the challenge is, is that how do you actually do it really quickly? 
and how can you do it in a way that's scalable, right? And I find that is the biggest number one problem that people don't start with. And then they have a lot of problems coming out of that because they haven't built the right foundation. Well, let's talk a little bit about how you help those organizations you're working with when it comes to developing that culture. And and part of that has come through Cards Against Mundanity and I have to say, you know, Jason, you gave me a, a deck, a live deck. I know it's an online uh, platform as well. Can you talk a little bit about kind of what, how you got there and what that response has been? I wanted to find a way to be able to help people and show them that this thing, the trust and the ways that I could show them that it would work, they could experience it right away so they wouldn't have to take major leaps of faith and years trying to figure it out. So I read a lot of research on how people were building trust. And then I came across a really interesting piece of research when I was looking through the New York Times. And a woman wrote an article in there about falling in love and meeting her husband at a bar and asking him 36 questions. And I was like, well, I have to read this, right? What are these questions? And how did a woman get a man to answer 36 questions over the course of their first date? So I read it and I clicked on the study, of course, and I started to read it. And Professor Arthur Aaron did research on trying to build interpersonal closeness between people. And what he had them do was he had complete strangers sit down in front of other complete strangers, right, and ask questions, very vulnerable ones, over a short period of time. And what happened was, is that 30% of the people build the closest relationship in their life in 45 minutes. And that to me was pretty astounding that that would really be possible for people. That's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Taking those questions and then you develop this card game that, that you're able to apply. Yeah. So what I wanted to do was take look at those questions. And what I originally did was, because I didn't really believe, you know, I mean, that it would really work in a group setting. Well, I had a chance to contact the professor and he said, well, he hadn't really done research extensively in there, but thought that it could apply. So I essentially got people together I didn't know and tried it. And they were sharing answers and information that I thought was like, an, I was on a reality TV show. I was super shocked and surprised and people were really engaged and they just were answering these questions and they wanted to keep going and ended up doing the first time. And I just used his questions, not the ones I created, probably like three hours. I mean, imagine three hours of people sitting down on a Saturday night answering questions in a group and they're just loving every minute of it. And I was shocked because I, I thought maybe for an hour someone would enjoy answering them. But it's because we want to ha be connected. We want to find that sense of community in that sense of meaning and purpose of why we're doing what we're doing personally and professionally. And that becomes the really sticking point and the ability for us to really get to know people deeply instead of having these meaningless conversations with people that then you know, the small talk, right, that actually has to get into deep, meaningful talk and it takes forever. I like the idea that you're you're not making people come up with their own conversation. And I think that's kind of where the awkwardness comes in. Uh, because, you know, for myself, it's like, well, what are we going to talk about? I don't know. What should we say? And here, your cards have, here's your answer. Here, Here's what you're going to talk about. And I, I can see, I mean, I can see where most people would really kind of get into it and gives you a little bit of freedom and permission to to open up. Yeah, and I think what it does is that, 
it allows people to be themselves and not to hide, right? And that's another piece of the research that shows, right? That if you can't show up as your full self, you can't operate at your highest level and neither can anyone else around you. And so the point of that is, is that you have to be able to share in other people. And when you can do that in a group setting, that's when the most powerful things in our life happen. Because think to yourself, what's the most valid, you know, what's the team that you think about that has been the most meaningful and the one that you think to yourself, you've accomplished the most on. And if you think about how you felt, the connection you had between those people, right? How you communicated with them. If you could take that same energy, feelings, and outcomes and apply that on every team you're on, everyone listening to this would be way more successful than they currently are, including myself. And the challenge is how do we do that and how do we drive that? Sure. I think that's key. Just again, that you need that starting point and that's where this all that's all goes from. Yeah, and the trust part of it is key, right? I mean, because the other data shows, like in Harvard Business Review in their May issue of this year, was that if you, on a scale of one to five, I mean, and five extreme distrust and five extreme trust, if you don't get a five with every person on your team and feel that way about them, you can't operate at your highest level. And the drop-off is significant when you go to a four, which is just trusting people. So the bar for trust is really, really high and it's way higher than most people think. And the only way that you can actually get to that level is by getting to know people on an intimate way in terms of their experiences, right? Their heartbreaks, their letdowns, everything else, right? I mean, if you watch like a lot of the conversations you all have on Twitter with people and a lot of other ones, when you can be vulnerable and open up with other people, it's amazing what can happen between people and a level of trust and connectedness. And that all goes back into performance, right? Culture and everything else that is the separation point between great companies and companies that are just average. I love it. Jason, you do a lot of speaking nationwide, which is you know, how we got to know you and fantastic. Um, any really memorable experiences, good or not so good that you'd like to share with us? You know, I've had really a lot of great experiences across the board with, I think, speaking. And I think it's been great to meet people. I think you see a lot of people taking risks. I think the people that go to conferences and events, right, the key thing is their ability to meet other people. Because you can only learn so much information. It's partly the resources, meaning the people that you meet and take away with. That, I think, is a huge point when people go to events that I think that the organizers themselves need to focus on a little bit more of how do you bring that community and that people meet each other because otherwise there's less reasons for them to go back the next time. And that part of it, I think definitely has happened. Right. And I've seen some organizations try, but I think they're probably going to have to go to the next level and next level up to build that sense of tight-knit community. Otherwise, you're just leaving it to people to try to figure it out. And I think that becomes challenging for people is just to meet other people at this event and make themselves feel comfortable instead of walking around and not feeling like they can go up to anyone and have a conversation and sort of meeting people. Jason, I'm curious. I know when we saw you at HR Florida, you were, you know, you spoke and you did, you kind of played a, I guess, a sample of the card game. Have you ever just done that yourself when you go to a conference and, and you're maybe you don't know people 
just gone up and used those questions? I all the time, right? And <laughs> the questions, the questions I'll use to be like, you know, what are you most excited about in your life right now? Because that's a great topic to ask someone. Or I'll even sure. ask someone um, there, like, so what's the most important lesson you've learned in your job this year, right? In your company, or what's the most important HR lesson you've learned, or something like that. And it gets people to open up and talk about things that matter to them or that they care about. And that's the most important part of a conversation because then you can riff off of that, right? And you can riff off of what someone does. And then typically what you'll see is they'll start to ask you questions like that too. So the key thing is just like vulnerability. Someone's got to lead and start with it. And when you can do that at an event, then that's pretty magical, right? Of all the things. And then what happens is too, energy just, you know, travels, right? So then, then those people are more apt to go talk to someone else and say hi, right? And, and we all know that a smile, a friendly face, just saying a couple nice words can make someone's day. So all that stuff can make an event significantly better and help people along the way. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. This episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast is being brought to you by our friends at Bonusly. Bonusly is a fun, personal recognition and rewards program that enriches company culture and improves employee engagement. Used by thousands of companies, Bonusly is a top-rated solution that integrates with popular collaboration tools like Slack and Microsoft Teams, as well as HR software, including ADP, Bamboo HR, and Namely. To learn more about employee recognition and to try Bonusly free for 60 days, go to bonus.ly slash hrsocialhour. Again, to get that 60-day trial, go to bonus.ly slash hrsocialhour. Thanks again to our friends at Bonusly, and now back to the show. All right, so we're back, and it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the half-hour question connection. So Jason, who was your first professional mentor, and what was the most important thing you learned from them? I had a marketing lead that when I was working in the agency on the client side, his name was Joe Rodriguez, and he was just a great marketing executive. And he taught me a lot about caring about people, going the extra mile for individuals, putting in hard work, right? Building trust. And all of those things really separated that client out of my mind. And I loved them and I over-serviced them and didn't charge them when I was on the agency side and stayed up later. And I thought to myself, like, that's one of the most valuable lessons, right? And he was really gracious and appreciated me and did stuff that he didn't need to do. And I thought that that was such a great lesson to learn in my own life about how to apply that. And that really... He got the best out of me and got me way more engaged than other people did. And that was his benefit. And it was to mine as well. Jason, who's one person you gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know? You know, there's probably two. I met a woman, her name's Emily Markman. She is the head of human resources at The Knot, like the wedding channel and all of that. And I think she's done some pretty progressive things with her team and how they built it out through acquisitions. And I was pretty impressed to hear her speak and just candidness and just, I think, her willingness to keep looking forward to try to do great work in the things that she's doing. And then another person I met probably a little bit over a year ago, her name's Heather Doolin, and she's an HR leader at National Oil Well Varco, and she is a great like HR person. I mean, she completely gets it. 
has built an incredible team of people, is enthusiastic, super smart, and she's just a rock star. If you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? I would probably spend more time than I even I did getting to know people and trying to understand how to work with them better and praising them more and doing the things to get them to work at their highest level because that would have really helped me do a much better job in the things I was doing. Being intentional about it was really just something I don't think I necessarily did as much. And I think the intentionality of all the stuff that we're talking about, you know, culture, teamwork, everything else is absolutely critical and having it be top of mind. Jason, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR community? Well, join my local chapter and I'm now on the community involvement committee. So I'll be out, you know, getting helping people and getting the chapter here in Dallas is like 2,300 members. So there's a lot of opportunities to get them activated to participate in community activities and also enroll more people in the community, in the HR community back into what Sherm is doing. And so I think that's really helpful, you know, and then I also help people that contact me. There's a lot of people that contact me that can't afford things I'm doing. So I try to help people as much as I can and spend time every month allotted to just doing things to move things forward. What is your favorite movie? You know, it's probably a tie between the movies I've watched. I thought about that question. I thought about like, what would I watch the most? And what I've done is Caddyshack. I love that movie. Bill Murray. Bill Murray actually went to my high school. So I guess that's one interesting little tidbit. And the other movie I love, I watched, and I think it's because I went to law school, was The Verdict by Paul Newman. And so that's a movie I love. Jason, how about your favorite musician or band? I would say that that is the Foo Fighters because I saw them in concert and they were just absolutely amazing. I saw them in Napa at a music festival that they have there. And it just was insane. They played so long that Napa turned off the power in the <laughs> band. Like, awesome. They basically said, we're going to keep playing. And they did. And the city said, you're not. And they turned off all the power. So all the power went off. Like, wow. and it just stopped like, boom. Wow. Right. And I thought that that was pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty awesome that they would just go and keep playing because they wanted to, right? They didn't really need to. So I thought that that was just like amazing. And every time I've seen them play, like they act like they want to be there and care and love the music and appreciate it. And maybe that's because of the challenges they have been through as a band and all the rest of the things that went along with that. But whatever the reason is, I felt like you, you could see that they weren't going through the motions. They really loved what they're doing and how they're doing it. That's awesome. Uh, how about a favorite TV show? You know, I would say probably the first one is The Office because I absolutely love the comedy in it and I love dry humor. And so I've watched that show since the first time it was on and absolutely loved and enjoyed it. And uh, Michael Scott, <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. it's so great to watch that over and over again. Whenever I'm having like a difficult day, I'll watch that. And the other show I watch that I love watching is Mad Men. And whenever I'm needing inspiration or needing 
a time for reflection and doing some stuff, I'll start rewatching the seasons from there because the acting's incredible and the writing is and just the thought process through what they did. Uh, I thought it was just uh, amazing. Jason, I look for a connection. I will say the first thing you should do is the next time you see Jennifer McClure, you should talk Foo Fighters with her because that's her favorite band. All right. And you might trade notes on shows because I don't know how many. When do you know how many times she's seen them? I don't even know. I think she's seen them. Um, I don't even know. I don't remember. Yeah, but I, I know, know that I know yeah. it's her favorite band by far. Yeah. I've seen them like five times, I think. That's great. We're certainly fans of The Office. You've heard the story. I'm sure you've seen the pictures. Yeah. We met Paul Lieberstein this year. That was a quite the coup and a lot of fun. And, and I have to say, I see The Office now more in hotels than I do anywhere else. If I'm traveling, it's yeah. on like that and Big Bang Theory. If you want to watch them, they're on somewhere on cable probably right now. Yeah, I met a bunch <laughs> of recording. They are. I met a bunch of the people from the office that were here back when we had the Super Bowl in Dallas. I went to Mark. I got to go to Mark Cuban's uh, party that he threw here. And I got to meet Dwight, Kevin, Kelly, and I can't remember someone else right from the show. So it was pretty cool that you just got the random. They were like randomly walking around. And so I got to say hi and I uh, thought that was just really cool. That's excellent. So if you're not watching Caddyshack or The, or the Verdict, if you're not listening to Foo Fighters, if you're not watching The Officer Mad Men, what else do you like to do outside of work? Well, I'd love to run. So I've just started to run la uh, in November of 2017. I was like, I need a goal. And I was like, I, I gave myself actually 30 minutes to pick one. And I said, whatever it is, it's got to be substantial. So I made it an Uber goal that I wanted to qualify for the Boston Marathon. So I started to run. I never had run more than five miles before. So I'm not like a natural runner. So I just decided to pick it up and I ran the Chicago Marathon last October. I ran the Philadelphia Marathon in November and the Phoenix and I almost qualified in Phoenix. And then I got hurt trying to train and qualified for June. My fastest marathon now is 320. And, and I got a New York marathon this year. And because of a wedding, I couldn't really, I don't think my wife would say, well, Jason, let's go get married on Thursday and then go to New York for you to run a marathon. So I didn't think that was probably the best thing. So I'm <laughs> like, I probably wouldn't start things out though. So I'm going to run it next year and we've already planned to go out, but hopefully I'll run one more in between there and be able to qualify and run Boston and then bring my family to do that. So. And you said you decided in 2017 and a half hour that you wanted to do that. Yeah, because I found myself like, well, you know, it's really funny. Like sometimes you know that if you give yourself time to think about it, all you'll do is put it off and procrastinate. And I was like, I need a personal goal in my life that's substantial enough that it will push me beyond anything I'd ever thought were possible. So I was like, whatever that is, I need to write down. And I wrote down a lot of crazy things, right? Because I just had a, a literally write them out. I couldn't really have much time to ponder or research them. So I just wrote it down and looked up on Google as fast as I could. And I had like a list that was probably a page long of things. And I looked at all of them and the only ones that are really appealing that I thought, well, even in the remote possibility that I could do, um, and was something that I wanted to do too, was to run. So that's what I did. Right. And last year I ran like almost 1800 miles or 1800 miles, I think. So I'd have run almost a thousand this year, um, even being hurt in the wedding and moving and stuff like this. So it's uh, and I'm about to get back in serious wow. training mode because I want to get that goal done. Yeah. I, I use running as a punishment for myself. If I 
<laughs> I yeah. don't do my regular workout, then I have to do that at lunchtime. So kudos to you for doing it. I'm not a fan of running, but I know a lot, I have a lot of friends who love it. So you do you. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't advocate the marathon for anyone. Half marathon, yes. Marathon is not. Yeah. The, the other problem too when training for a marathon and the next one is the time. And I have to have a very supportive people because it it like definitely causes some challenges because, you know, you have to, right. at some point you're running 10, 11 hours a week and you have to do it super early and other times. So it is a family thing. So part of the cool thing is if the next one I can qualify for Boston, I can bring everyone there for the oh, race, yeah, yeah. which would be pretty neat to do. And it was a family moment to have everyone go out there to do it. So, and I listen to podcasts too all the time. Like I listen to yours and other people's and I love listening and learning. So I'm always doing those types of things because I'm a naturally curious person. Very cool. Well, Jason, uh, finally, if you weren't doing what you're doing for uh, employee relations and employee engagement, what do you think you'd be doing professionally? Wow, that's a really tough question because I love doing this. I mean, <laughs> I, I definitely know I wouldn't be a lawyer even when I went to law school. So I can, I, can, I can say that for sure. I probably would be working in some maybe nonprofit capacity because I love helping and working with people and I've done a lot of nonprofit work. So I'm probably thinking that I would do something like that or possibly because I love startups be tinkering in some sort of startup world thing as well, because that's a natural curiosity of mine. So it'd probably be one of the two. I'm not really sure which one, but it probably would be something like that. Well, Jason, as we always say, we're glad you're doing what you are doing, because if you weren't, we probably wouldn't get to know you. We certainly wouldn't have had time to to talk before the show and to get a chance to enjoy yep. the card game. Yeah. Again, I appreciate you giving me a copy. I think you've given one to Wendy as well. Yeah. And I had to ask about asking the questions because it is certainly a lot of conversation starter. There are probably some of our listeners that don't know you. And now that they've heard you here, they want to get in touch. What's the best way for them to reach you out there via social media? Yeah, I mean, you can go obviously on LinkedIn or you can go to my website at, you know, jasontreu.com. And then you can obviously download the cards at cardsagainstmundanity.com. So either way, you can find me and then find me on the rest of the social media channels. Great. And we will have that in the show notes. Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for listeners to find you out there? Uh, best way to find me is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, for Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter, 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of our monthly HR Social Hour Twitter chat. How about you, John? I want to thank Bonusly once again for taking part for the month of December. Really excited to have you all on board and more to come there. As far as for me, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Top left-hand side of the screen, three little lines, open them up. You'll see access to all my social accounts there. While you're there, if there's an episode you haven't heard, download, listen, rate, review, share. Anything you can do to help us boost the signal, we always appreciate. Jason, again, really glad to have you with us tonight. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. 